This is Fearless Beauties, a podcast dedicated to developing voices of color in the beauty industry. We are talking to estheticians, skin specialists, and business owners to uncover best skin practices, tactical career tips, and ultimately, how we can create a better beauty industry together. I'm your host, Taylor Phillips. And I'm your other co-host, Alina Velez. Welcome to the latest episode of the Fearless Beauties podcast. Welcome to season three, episode two of the Fearless Beauties podcast. I am Taylor, also known as Taylor Budgets. And I'm Alina Velez, your certified advanced esthetician. All right, girl. So we are jumping on into or jumping into normalizing disabilities. I'm so excited to get started. We have a lot to discuss as always. As always, don't we? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a good one. Yeah, what this episode's going to discuss is our society's discomfort seeing people with disabilities and how to handle it in a way that's more inclusive and accepting of all body types. Yes, girl. So the first thing I want to say, when I thought of discomfort, like a society's discomfort with seeing people with disabilities, I thought that the first thing that I thought of was discomfort comes from a lack of knowledge. That's the first thing I wrote in my notes, because I think that's just kind of it. That's I feel uncomfortable because I don't know how to approach the person or what to say or how to act. So I'm uncomfortable because, yes, exactly. And I think as humans, we like to know things. We like to know how to approach things. We like to know what to expect. And when we don't have control of that, discomfort comes. I think when when a lot of people think of disabilities, their mind automatically thinks of a wheelchair. And, and that's not always the case, right? Because there's so many disabilities that we don't necessarily see. But I did just want to kind of break down what a disability looks like according to the World Health Organization. So a disability has three dimensions. It's impairment in a person's body structure or function or mental functioning. That can be impairments like loss of a limb, loss of vision or memory loss or hearing, activity limitation. So seeing, hearing, walking or problem solving. Those are all disabilities. Fun fact, well, not super fun, (laughs) but um, actually my mom is fully deaf and she wears uh, hearing aids daily and and you'd never know looking at her. Um, So this one, this one hit home for me um, close to my heart because she's definitely struggled with just little everyday things, you know, and you're not always born with a disability. It can happen due to so many reasons throughout your life journey Things can happen and um, situations can arise and and it could be you and you just never know. Yeah. And like you mentioned, disability isn't just physical. Uh, It's mental, which I think a lot of people um, don't comprehend. Yeah. Forget. So I think that we're going to talk about that a little bit more in the podcast. So basically, how do we become more inclusive and accepting of those with disabilities, I would think is the question. Yeah, right. No, it's a good question. So 
I think for me, being an esthetician, I think it's really important for for professionals and providers to really educate yourself on certain medical conditions. For instance, um, somebody with Down syndrome, um, they're going to have more effects of irritation and inflammation in their skin. So really knowing, you know, what treatments are going to be best for these kinds of people, which are going to be, you know, um, strengthening barrier function, chemical peels, um, you know, things like that. But I think it's really going to come down to um, everybody doing their their research. And Mary Nielsen just wrote a really good third edition of Fearless Beauties that um, touches on uh, Down syndrome, people in wheelchairs, um, different ethnicities. So definitely go go get you a copy if you haven't done so already. A quick quote from Fearless Beauties book, edition three, Mary Nielsen writes, people underestimate the ability, the work ethic and talent of those who have a disability. And it's powerful because I feel like there's, I don't know if the word is stigma, but people have this idea that because people have a disability, that's all that they are. That is right. their identity. And mm. it's not true. So I wrote down in my notes that we are unable, we as in those without disabilities, are unable to put ourselves in their shoes fully, there being people with disabilities. Mm. But we can do our best to not stigmatize them. So us thinking that or us believing or having an idea that those with disabilities, that's all that they are because they are disabled, they cannot do anything uh. that stigmatizes them. So how do we do our best to not do that? I also wrote that people with disabilities are not broken individuals. Yes. I love that. Thank you. Um, something as small as avoiding the term, quote unquote, the handicapped, Mm-hmm. shows knowledge and acceptance because you would know that that is a stigmatizing term. So the right. handicapped is the stigmatizing term. Instead, you would say, quote unquote, a disabled person or a person with a disability. So by saying that, you separate the human from the disability while also acknowledging the fact that their disability is a part of what makes that person them. So it's not who they are. It's just a part of what makes them them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are so many powerful stories that unfortunately you have to kind of dig to find. But there was a really moving article on a model and a motivational speaker from the UK. Her name is Sean Lord. And just to give you a brief backstory. So She's, um, like I said, from the UK. She, in 2013, went to go visit New York City. Um, While she was visiting, she was hit by a taxi driver that mounted up onto the curb. She was walking on the street with her friend. Um, The taxi driver was intentionally trying to hit a cyclist and hit her also. Yeah. Um, so when that happened, a man by the name of Dave Jusino, I think is how you say it. He saved her life by using his plumbing belt as a tourniquet around her leg to stop her from bleeding to death. Wow. Talk about a hero, right? Yes. Um, anyway, fast forward since the crash, um, Sean has become an advocate for disabled people. 
and she um, she has a prosthetic leg. So she's always really open and vulnerable on her Instagram and sharing her her journey with that. But the real tea, <laughs> break it down, break it down. <laughs> the real tea is that um, Sean was doing a modeling shoot for I don't know exactly what the original uh, shooting was for, but she's doing this modeling shoot. And the Spanish government used her image for a body positivity um, campaign, which is great, right? Except they edited out her prosthetic leg. What's ironic is that the, the campaign poster was released by a women's institute for Spain's like equality ministry. So here they are promoting equality, right? And they've got, you know, all different body types in the poster. And one lady had a mastectomy. And then and then there's Sean, who is supposed to have a prosthetic leg, and they edit it out. Right. And it's not only they, they didn't just edit it, it out. I can never say those two words together. But they <laughs> literally, like, drew her, drew her leg. Yep. So I will definitely put this picture in... Fearless Beauty's Instagram on our feed because you guys have to see this. Like, right. She has a prosthetic leg, but they literally drew her leg on there as if she did not have a prosthetic leg. That's the part mm-hmm. that it's right. not like they cut it off completely, like cropped it out. They drew a leg on her to basically say that her prosthetic leg is not welcome here. Like, you having a prosthetic leg makes you less of a woman. For a poster that's meant to promote body positivity. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're not doing that. And catch this. All of the women on that poster are various influencers that did not get permission to be on that poster. Yep. They didn't even know. They didn't even know. It's abusive. It's intrusive. It's abusive. And it's just flat out wrong. Right. I wonder what they thought would happen. Like, we're with these women and actually be like, you know what? Although they didn't ask for my permission or, you know, they just excluded my prosthetic leg. I'm just happy that I'm on a poster that is built around women's, no, like Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that I am who I am because of my prosthetic leg, but it is a part of me now. And so you have to accept that or leave. Like it's, it's a sorry, not sorry situation. So yeah. Not only that, but think about, you know, the company is profiting off of this poster. And so if I'm a model, I'm doing it because I'm getting paid. Right. Like so anyways, since then, the um, the artist has put out a public uh, apology and she she said that she's decided the best way to make amends for the damages that may have resulted from my actions is to share out the money I received for the work and give equal parts to the people in the poster. Well, yeah, hello. Really <laughs> yeah. Gosh, just so wrong. It is. And there was another woman in the poster by the name of Naomi Nichols, Nicholas Williams. Naomi Nicholas Williams. I hope I'm saying her first name right. When she found out that she was actually a part of the poster and of course did not agree to be a part of it, she said, quote, as a black woman, my body is still policed. And as women in general, our bodies are still not ours, mm. end quote. 
And that's on period because uh-huh. that's basically saying I can take from you and not really give a care or give any anything about how you might feel. That's exactly the message. That's exactly the message they're putting out. And I just think that, you know, when we're given a chance to propose representation in the beauty industry, like don't be that person that abuses that, that, that good power, you know, to show representation. Because ultimately I do think that, that the root of um, inclusive inclusivity in the beauty industry and normalizing disabilities is representation. If we're not seeing it, then to me, it says it doesn't belong when in fact they very much do. And whether we're talking about Down syndrome or we're talking about, um, you know, people who um, use wheelchairs, these are still people and these people still have skin. These people still want to feel beautiful. I just want to piggyback off of what you said. It's not only about, it's not only about like the physical representation of being inclusive, like showing it on campaigns or uh-huh. on Instagram feeds or whatever the case may be. It's actually wanting to be inclusive. Like right. I think that people can see behind the mask of brands that are trying to be inclusive but really aren't just so that they can just be in the loop and make money. Right. Like we can see that you're doing the bare minimum. Right. Do you really want to be inclusive? Do you really want, and not even those with disabilities being like on campaigns or on posters or in commercials, on the back end of things, are you hiring people with disabilities as makeup artists, as customer service representatives, as photographers, directors? Actresses, yeah. Like, are you really wanting mm-hmm. to be inclusive? Um, so that's the thing, so... You know, it does feel like we are we are making progress. You know, there are some bigger brands that are finally trying to reach people with disabilities and showing representation. You know, L'Oreal, Estee Lauder, um, just to name a couple, um, which I think is great. I'm definitely also starting to notice um, there's just like a couple shows that I've been watching on Netflix and a couple other platforms where I'm seeing some more representation of just people with disabilities in general. I don't know about you, Taylor, if you've noticed at all any type of shift in any shows that you're watching. I believe, I think I was watching a, com- I was watching Hallmark Christmas movies. That's so just, yes, go you. <laughs> I, I love them so much. And of course the commercial break and I, I can't remember the campaign or the commercial, but I know that um, there was a woman in a wheelchair in the commercial. And then I thought about our, podcast and I was like oh snap it's actually good to see because for someone who doesn't watch tv as much like me I like I watch Netflix and stuff like that all without ads so I don't really get to see how things are shifting like commercially so it was nice to see and like you said we're getting there. We're not there, but we're getting there. As long as we are improving, I am, I'm good with that. So Yeah. Yeah, I agree. 
It's crazy. You know, I think the statistic is about 15% of the world's population has some form of disability. Mm -hmm. Um, And what is it? I think only 4% of brands are trying to be more inclusive in that. Let's see, just 4% of beauty and personal care brands are addressing those with with physical disabilities. So 4% is low, right? But I love that we have so much room for growth and it'll be exciting to see maybe season four, maybe we'll circle back and do something with disabilities and maybe those numbers will grow, you know? So I am excited to see where we'll be in a year, five years, 10 years, um, because I mean, we're just barely touching the surface, right? <laughs> right. And by barely touching the surface, um, it brings up a quote that I wrote down by Vogue Business. And it said, beauty has started to broaden its marketing appeal by featuring disabled models, but Mm. it could improve further by offering functional but enjoyable web access, trained retail staff, more accessible physical stores, and universally designed products and packaging that appear to a wider customer base. So I love that. Like I mentioned, we're not just talking about what you see. Um, We're talking about what is done behind the scenes. Like Uh how can your websites appeal to those who are blind? Like what are we doing? And things like that. So I remember when we had our live launch and we had Beatrice with us, she had touched on a really, a really valid subject of, you know, there was this beautiful black woman on the cover of this um, educational book, but you flip through the book and there's no information on treating black skin. And so I think we want to see it, but we also want to, we want to know that there are uh, useful things. We want to fully grasp and understand how can I truly be inclusive and and normalize disabilities. Like I don't want to just see somebody in a wheelchair on the cover of a book and then flip through the book and there's nothing right diving deeper into that, right? Like that's just not enough. That doesn't make any sense. Um, And so, like I said, I just, I really think that people in the industry, professionals, estheticians, this is such a, an untapped subject, I feel like with being able to treat Down syndrome and certain conditions that people in wheelchairs might have. And um, I mean, those are just two to name real quick, but you know, so. And also if you think of mental disabilities, like body dysmorphia, right? um, they see themselves as completely different than what they actually look like. So how can we appeal to them as well? Like, it's not just like, like you mentioned, it's not just a physical disability. There's mental, there's there's a whole ton. There's a whole list. Right. So when you talk about being inclusive, you really, really, really have to do your research. And um, your research has to be like, you have to be on point with it. So um, here's another thing that I thought about um, appealing to people with disabilities. Consumers with disabilities, like in the beauty industry, tops $8 trillion per year in the U.S. Okay, so if you don't care at all about actually being diverse and inclusive, care about, you know, the consumers with disabilities are are contributing to the beauty industry 
significantly. Consumers with disabilities also have stronger brand loyalty. So there was a quote by Lucy Edwards. She's a makeup artist and broadcaster who was diagnosed with, who I'm going to try and say this right, incontentia pigmenti. So it's a genetic condition that caused her to go totally blind at 17. She said that she buys repeat products a lot because she can go into a shop or online independently and find her shade. Hmm. And that is because she trusts the brand, knows the brand. So if more brands showed those with disabilities that you can trust us, here is why. You know, you can make a lot more money. I'm not, it's money that I do, but. Exactly. But why not? Yeah. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't people and brands want to make more money and also be able to widen their, their market? You know, it's a win-win for everybody, but feels better when it comes from a sincere place. That's for sure. I feel like it just takes that one brand or that one influencer to really like light the flame. And the next thing you know, all the other brands are starting to do it. Rihanna really did her thing when when she came out with Fenty Beauty. Yes. Yes, she did. But she definitely paved the way for inclusivity when it comes to the shade of your skin. The shade of your skin, the beauty industry, again, representation and all her Savage X Fenty, um, her fashion shows. I mean, that you will see so much diversity in her shows. It's just it's beautiful. I just like looking at her website. It's just like anyone that goes on her website, they can see themselves. And that's just, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I agree. So what are companies in the beauty industry actually doing? Um, I know that Unilever, they made their first inclusive product. It's a deodorant by Rexana and it's designed for people with visual impairment and upper limb disabilities. So that's awesome. You can clap to that. Yes. There's also a couple um, fashion designers, Tommy Hilfiger, Christian Siriano. They launched a adaptive clothing line, right, for um, people with disabilities. So that's pretty cool because it's not just uh, it's not just skin deep. You got to think about those things. Right. Um, But it's it's definitely started to broaden and. Um, we're starting to see more. Like I said, you know, there's shows out there that are casting for people with disabilities and I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Yes. Um, L'Oreal now has 1,381 employees globally with disabilities in direct employment and about twice that number for external suppliers. So they're doing their thing. They want their disabled staff to count for at least 2% of their workforce. So I at think least. That, <laughs> Come I mean, on. Right? Come I said on. we're getting there. Yeah. One, but I think it's beautiful that they're actually doing something. They're making a difference economically because we don't even talk about this, but how hard is it for people with disabilities to actually get a job? Because employers see them as you know a risk or they can't get anything done or whatever the case may be uh-huh they just see their disability and not who they are and <laughs> it's just not cool so I think L'Oreal's doing a great job um the Estee Lauder company 
they hired consulting firm Accenture to develop strategies for its brands to help customers with disabilities use and shop for makeup. And they're also prioritizing the online experience. So I think that's awesome as well. Super awesome. Yeah, so things are being done. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think I just, it really resonates with me. Uh, It's a powerful quote, what what I had quoted earlier from Fearless Beauty's book, Edition 3, when Mary said, People underestimate the ability, work ethic, and talent of those who have a disability. I mean, Mm -hmm. really, truly, I do think that people are slept on. And like I mentioned, it's because we're not knowledgeable. Uh I'm comfortable with asking questions. Like, honestly, Uh those with disabilities be upset that you ask them questions. I would rather you ask me the question than assume. Because when you assume, you make an ass out of you and me. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just ask questions. And if that question is too much, they can simply say, I would rather not ask that question. That has nothing to do with how I could positively impact your brand, this job that I'm applying for, whatever the case may be. But give people the choice, right? Having the choice is everything. Right. Yeah. So... Slowly but surely, beauty brands are incorporating disabled people as as a part of their DEI initiatives. They're hiring disabled talent in marketing communications, whether it's social media, commercials, their websites. So, um, you know, and by doing that, they're raising awareness and education. So I think that things are being done. I would like to see it be done on a faster level. Right, (laughs) right. No, but like I said, you know, I do think that um, I, I hope that that this gets the conversation going outside of this podcast and that estheticians can can just kind of use this as a tool. And by this, I mean the Fearless Beauties book. And it's easy to learn and it's easy to grasp as someone who is not in the aesthetics. Well, I'm, I'm not an esthetician, but I can still understand. Right. Right. What Mary is trying to convey. But um, yeah. I just want to talk about something else very quickly about how the beauty industry has made things or certain body types, like cookie cutter body types, like no mm. wrinkle marks, no acne, quote unquote, perfect bodies. That is what they have been portraying. For a long, long time. So those are the abilities. How can they see themselves in that? Um, It's definitely difficult to want to uh, support a brand or feel beautiful when what you see on commercials or on social media is the exact opposite of what you look like. Um, So I, I read an article and I'm just butchering all these names today, and I apologize. But I read an article by Zian Horn. Her name is spelled X-I-A-N. So was, I'm just going to say Zian. Um, she said that, quote, the beauty industry created a fantasy that society still feels pressured to make a reality. Yes, end quote. So we feel pressured to highlight the cookie cutter bodies still. Uh-huh. Because honestly, that's what makes money, right? The long hair, the flowy hair, the the pale skin at times, those Coke bottle, what is it? Coke bottle bodies. 
And even, even for me, as someone who is not disabled, I see things on like TikTok and stuff. And I'm like, oof, child, that don't look like me. Mm-hmm. And I have to remember mm-hmm. that, girl, you the bomb.com, even if that does not look like you. Um, yes. Because no one in this world looks the same. And social media is a lie. It sure <laughs> is. Talk about that? So, it sure it, is. It's a lie. So, um, well, I think that I wish I wish that people were um, willing to be more vulnerable on social media and post those unfiltered pics, you know, and don't feel pressured to post your body and post your your progress gym pics. I mean, that alone is is um, pressure in itself. I just think that even when you're doing something healthy, like going to the gym, it's an unhealthy thing, an unhealthy habit to feel like you've got to always be making progress. You've got to always be, you know, getting Botox and filler. You've always got to be getting the hottest phone and the hottest clothing. And there's so much pressure from society that what do you, what makes you happy? (laughs) Like, and what makes you feel good? And I just think that things have just gotten so complicated and so worldly that it's like, you've got to be grateful that you have a body that is healthy and that takes care of you. And it might not look like a Coke bottle shape, but you're healthy, you know, really, truly, we've just forgotten our roots, I feel like, and what what truly is important. And I think I've been reflecting a lot on that um, with it being Thanksgiving week and you know, just being grateful for all the little things, <laughs> you know. Anyway, I, I went down a rabbit hole. Sorry. No, I, sh- girl, that's what we do on the Fearless Media Podcast. <laughs> we honestly we call the rabbit hole. Like, <laughs> that's what we do. So it's totally fine. But it's the truth. And what you were saying kind of reminds me of this influencer I saw on TikTok. He's a makeup artist in the LGBT community. LGBTQIA community and he has no arms and no legs and he does his makeup probably better than uh, most people I see and (laughs) that just made me I'm just like thinking about how much love you have to have for yourself to post that and how much confidence self-confidence you have to have in yourself to not give a floop about what any freaking body has to say because um, who are you to tell me how I should feel or what I should post or how I should post it? There is power in being you because no one else can be it but you. So I know that's right. It's just on period. Another thing I don't think, I, another thing I think we failed to mention was um, diversity must be shown not only in the disabled community, but remember that racial diversity is still important. So 100%. Having, yeah. Having those double minorities, someone who is, let's say, African-American and disabled. Mm-hmm. Like, hello. So mm-hmm. seeing a Black disabled man or seeing Black disabled men and women in beauty campaigns or working behind the camera, it's just as important. Mm-hmm. Um, so just remember that, especially over here on the Fearless Beauty Podcast, we take racial equality very very seriously very serious and um and that's all i got to say about that (laughs) (laughs) that's all that needs to be said it's it's (laughs) all that needs to be said period point yes so uh, just 
just remember that as well. And um, yeah, I think I think I pretty much said all I need to say. <laughs> yes, got it off our chest, got it on the table. But like I said, let's continue this conversation. I would like to see more like engagement in the comments and stuff. Like that would be super dope to um, engage with our listeners a little bit more if you guys were were down for that. Um, give yeah. us a follow, right? I know. Yeah. I'm definitely going to post some of the pictures that I've seen and I'm sure you've seen Alina during our research and just to get people engaged in the comments there as well because I think, you know, I the conversation needs to be had. Mm-hmm. So I think that we just need to do that. But um, I do want to leave off by saying that behind the disability is a person with feelings. So dismissing or dehumanizing them because of your discomforts, keyword your discomfort, that just means that you must broaden your definition of normal. Normal is not what you're comfortable with. It's looking outside of your discomfort and um, learning, educating yourself, asking your questions, just being comfortable with the uncomfortable. So. Yes. Love that. Thank you, Taylor. (laughs) Uh, You're very welcome. So um, I guess that's it. Just a reminder, be thankful for all the little things that you have right now, because if you're not grateful and thankful for what you do have, you can't expect for more to come to you if you're not thankful for what you already have. That's been the message on my heart this morning. So I wanted to share it with everybody. So. Okay, y'all. So again, I'm Taylor from Taylor Budgets. You can follow us on Instagram at fearlessbeauties, fearlessbeauties.com. We also have, like Alina mentioned, volume three of the Fearless Beauties book. And we have the student workbook that yes it will fit so i think mm-hmm. that's dope that mary created that and we have the fearless beauty certification that is updated with all of the new chapters included in the season three book so yeah so you can actually get certified with fearless beauties and we've got youtube we've got fearless beauties is taking over youtube give us a follow like and comment all the things and you can find me alina on instagram at true skin lab And it's a wrap.